Amen. Now, um, the bread there symbolizes the body of Jesus. So what the Bible is telling us is that Jesus took his body. Amen. And so what you and I need to realize is that nobody destroyed Jesus. Jesus offered up his body himself. He took the bread. That's why you could say in John, nobody takes my life, but I lay it down. Amen? He said, I lay it down that I may take it up again. Amen? What Jesus was saying, I voluntarily came to die so that you can experience the blessings of God. Amen? He took the bread. In Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible tells us, that Jesus speaking, he said, yeah, he said, sacrifice and offering you do not require, but a body you have prepared for me. Yea, I come in the volume of the books to do your will. Amen. In, what, in essence, what Jesus was saying, God is not so much particular about all the different things that we, we, we give to him, the gifts and the sacrifices. God is particular about doing the will of God. So when we can do the will of God in relationship to how we offer our sacrifices, the Bible tells us that's what God is pleased. Amen? And so what Jesus was saying, I take, I mean Paul was saying, he took the bread. He took his body. He offered up his body. He gave his body to be broken for us. Amen? He took the bread. See, he took. He taught Jesus offer himself. He did it voluntarily. He did it willingly. He did it. Uh, he laid down his life. He, he gave his life. No Roman soldier killed Jesus. No scribes and Pharisees killed Jesus. Jesus gave his life. Amen? He gave his life so that we may be delivered. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible also said that... Um, that he took the bread and he gave thanks. Say he gave thanks. Say he gave thanks. Now, obviously, he was giving thanks to the giver of life. Amen. One of the greatest things that you can learn in life is to be grateful. Amen. Is to express gratitude. Amen. And the Bible says Jesus took his body and he gave thanks. Now, man, you and I know that God was the one who sent Jesus. The Bible tells us in Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the Lord, that he may redeem those that were under the Lord. So God was the one, the father was the one who sent the son. Amen? And so Jesus was being grateful to God. It is the same way with you and I when we are partaking of the communion, of the broken body, when we are uh, appropriating what the, the, the broken body means to us or what the communion means to us. We need to be grateful to the giver of life. You know, you're Amen. We need to be grateful. Amen. Because Jesus, the Bible says he took it and he gave thanks. He told God, thank you for sending me 
to die, for giving me the opportunity to pay the price, for giving me the opportunity to be the savior of the world, for giving me the opportunity to redeem mankind, for giving me the opportunity to partake of what you desire. The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave. God loved us, and Jesus was telling God, thank you for loving the world so much and giving me an opportunity to be a savior of the world. He gave thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when we are partaking of the broken body, which I will share more with you later, we need to be grateful to God. Grateful to what God for what God is doing in our life. Jesus was grateful to God for allowing Him to partake of this awesome task of bringing salvation to mankind. Amen. Hallelujah. Say Amen. Say Amen. Say Amen. He gave thanks. Now turn to to Psalm one hundred three. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm one hundred three. If you don't know it, I want you to learn it, master it, memorize it, meditate upon it, put it in your spirit, and allow God to work it in your heart so that you can begin to give thanks. Amen to God. Look at Psalm 103. This is a psalm of David. Amen. You, you know that the Bible tells us about Psalm about David, that David was a man after God's heart. No matter what, no wonder why God called him a man after his heart. David was a grateful man. David was a man who could touch. No man, David did some worse things that some other people didn't do, but David could touch the heart of God because David was quick to come to God, quick to recognize. And even the Bible tells us in, in, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13, that David fulfilled his purpose in his lifetime. Amen? He fulfilled his purpose. Amen? Whatever God purpose for him, David fulfilled it. Amen. Because this year was a man. He had he was he, he had his own issues. Amen. Anointed by God. His his family was dysfunctional. Yet the Bible says in all of that, David never despises God. Amen. Man after now, this is one one word, one 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 thing that we see about David that, that helps us to understand what was this. We have to get this, the, the kind of person. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says in, in, in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Say forget. Say forget not. Do not forget. And then what David was saying, instead of me coming to the place where I begin to forget, or have amnesia, or have uh, uh, Alzheimer's, or whatever I, the disease is, or, or just neglect. He said, don't forget the benefits that God has purposed for you, or given to you. Never forget what God has done for you. David said, look at what he did. He forgave all of your iniquities. He heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfy your mouth with good things, and renew you like the eagle. Amen. That is what God has already done for you and for me. David said, Be grateful. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, say, Be grateful. Say to your neighbor, say, Be grateful. 
Amen. What David was saying, what David was telling us, and what David is teaching us and encouraging us is that stop. All, no matter all the different things that you're going through in life, all the things that are happening around you, all, sometimes we are, we are so conscious of the today that we forget what God did yesterday. And we are so conscious of what God is doing uh, uh, and what is happening in our lives today, the problems that we are facing, and we forget about what God has done. And what David is saying, stop and say thank you to God. For being good to you, for forgiving your sins. Because some of us, if God had not forgiven you, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be in church Sunday morning. Hello? Hello? You'd probably be maybe be somewhere else. Who knows? Amen? You, you probably, your life probably might be taking a different course. But God forgave your sins. God crown you with loving kindness. God redeem you. God heal your body. God sanctify you. God made it possible for you to be here. And David said, take time and say thank you to God. Amen? And that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity. Amen? So whenever you and I are partaking of the, 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 the bread and the communion and, and, and things in our lives that God has placed post in our lives, you and I need to stop and be grateful. You know, I, I have learned in my life that there are times in your life, you see, the Christian life is, is like a marathon. Are, it is full of hills, valleys, plains, hills, valleys, plains, hills, valleys, plains. And you know, sometimes all of us want to joke a lot. No? Nobody wants to go into the valley. But there are some valley experiences that we need to go to. Because you see, when you want, if you have gone through the valley, you can appreciate the mountain. Hello? You can appreciate the mountain. I, I don't know which one of these stars back there, right? Huh? That, that was well busy days, okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't know which one of them said, uh, 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 you, you need the, the, the rain to appreciate the sunshine, okay? You, you need the, 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 um, the rain to appreciate. You, you, cannot, you cannot appreciate the sunshine if there was no rain. Hello? Hello? You cannot. And sometimes when you are in the valley and you're going through some challenging time, you need to remember what God did for you. There was a valley before and God took you out. And the same God who took you out of that valley is the same God who holds your hand. I love the, the footprint uh, uh, um, prescription where, where it tells us the print where this man was wandering all along his life. He, he saw two sets of prints. But then during the difficult times in his life, there were only one set, and he couldn't understand it. And he began to question God, why did you leave me? When I was going through the most difficult times in my life, and Jesus laughed, and Jesus said, son, it was my prince. You couldn't stand on your feet. You couldn't walk. It was I who were holding you during those difficult times. Isn't that a good thing to know that your God holds you during those difficult times? That's why you need to rejoice. Because the God who took Abraham from his godless idol worshiper group and make him the father of many.
many nations. It's the same God who is working in you. Both to will and to do a good pleasure. Amen. You need to be grateful. Be grateful to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when the Bible tells us that Paul said about Jesus, he said that he took the bread, he gave thanks, but then he broke it. Say broke. He broke it. Now, what's the significance of Jesus breaking the bread? You and I know that Jesus went through some serious suffering on the cross. And then he was beaten, he was bruised, he was wounded, he was chastised, he was, he was, he was flogged, he was whipped, he was, his beards were pulled. You know, when you look at the different films and you look at the different portrait of Jesus on the cross, it is not true. If you read Isaiah, the Bible says, we could not look at him. He was not identifiable after they finished beating him. You couldn't identify him. Couldn't see his face. They pulled his beers off his face. You know, during that time they grew beers. They pulled it. They held it and pulled it out. So you can imagine the flesh that came in the hands of those. They beat him up, maltreated him. Yet the Bible tells us he broke his body. Hello. The Bible didn't say. Somebody broke it. He said, he broke it. That's why Paul said, it pleased the Lord to bruise it. It was the Lord who allowed them to break him. Because without him being breaking, I mean broken, without him experiencing the, the brokenness, you and I could not have partake of him. I don't know you got it. If a bread is whole and I have the bread and I'm eating the bread, you cannot enjoy it if I keep it whole. I have to break it and give you a piece. Jesus had to be broken for you to partake of his life. He had to be broken for you to experience him, for you to enjoy him, for you to be satisfied with him. He was broken. It was not until he was broken that you could partake. And the Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It was God who did that. Amen? You see, brokenness releases multiplication. Jesus' life was multiplied after he was broken. Amen? And whenever we experience and allow God and consider what is happening when we are partaking of the communion, the broken body, it is we are partaking of the life and blood of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about the whole, the way the Catholic believers, the real blood and the real, it doesn't change. Amen. Hello. It's a symbol. But Jesus was broken so that you and I can partake. Amen. As a symbol, when we partake, it is the partaking of Jesus Christ. Amen. But he broke. Amen. In Isaiah, turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Let me show you something. Isaiah chapter 53. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 53. Look at verse 3. The Bible says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grace, grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. 
He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he bore our grief and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteem him, stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. You could not be healed except Jesus was broken. Healing came after the body was broken. Amen? Hallelujah. And so, 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 so the Bible tells us, Paul said that he, Jesus, took his body, the bread symbolizing his body, and broke it, signifying that when his body is broken, you can partake of it. Now, there's something more powerful in this. Amen? Whenever we recognize that Jesus died on the cross for us, because you see, you cannot recognize that Jesus died on the cross without the suffering. Amen? Without the beating. Without the bruises. Without the crowns. Without the tombs. Without all of these ropes. You cannot Look at Jesus on the cross without all of these. But it was his physical body that went through the torture and the pain, and it was broken. Amen? The Bible says, by his stripes, all the beating and the bruises that Jesus experienced on the cross was done so that you and I can be healed. Amen? Now, what does it mean? What, what's the implication of that? The implication of that is that whenever you and I partake of the bread and the wine, the bread and the wine symbolizes the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. Whenever we partake of the bread, we are saying to Jesus, Lord, I am partaking of this body that symbolizes this bread that symbolizes your broken body, and as I'm partaking of it, I am appropriating the healing that you have given to me. Hello? You see, God's design was for us to walk in divine health. God's design is for us to experience health consistently and continuously. Amen? That's why Jesus went on the cross. That's why he paid the price. That's why he died. That's why his body was broken. Amen? It, it was broken so that you can experience health. Amen? You can experience healing in your bodies. Amen? Healing in your mind. Healing in your spirit. Healing in your heart. You can experience healing. Amen? And the Bible says that his body was broken and by his stripes we are now, look at what, 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 what uh, that's Isaiah 53, right? When you come to uh, Matthew chapter 8, the Bible tells us that Jesus went to Peter's house, healed Peter's mother-in-law, and after he healed Peter's mother-in-law, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says after he healed Peter's mother-in-law, verse 16 says, they brought unto him all who were sick and demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirit with a word, that it might be fulfilled, say fulfilled, say fulfilled, say fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled, in essence, what Matthew was saying, 
this act of what Jesus was doing by healing people, by healing the sick and delivering, casting out devils, this act is a fulfillment of what the prophet Isaiah prophesied. Hello? I just read the prophecy of Isaiah. What Isaiah said, he was what? Wounded for our transgression. He was what? Bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, what? We are healed. And Matthew said it this way now in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. He said that it might be fulfilled that he, Jesus himself, took upon himself our sicknesses and our diseases, and by his stripes we will say when. Say when. Say when. Now, if you know English, those of you who are English grammarians and you understand it, there is a difference between you are healed and you were healed. Hello? You are healed as present. You were healed as what? Past. Matthew is saying, looking back at Isaiah, amen, and he's saying this fulfilled what God spoke by his prophet. That not only are you healed, present tense, but because of Jesus Christ, because of his broken body, because of his shed blood, you were healed. Now, if you were healed, that means there's no sickness and disease that can stay in your body. Hello? There's no sickness and disease in your body. If you were healed, it's past tense. Amen? And in essence, what God is saying, I want my people to live in divine health because Jesus paid a price on the cross. He paid a price. He paid a price on the cross for the healing. Oh, somebody needs to hear this. You were healed. You were healed. You, now, I'm not saying you are going to be healed. You were healed. Amen. Peter, looking back, he said, Jesus bore our sins on the cross. First Peter 2. Amen. He bore our sins on the cross in his own body. And by his stripes we were. That's the past tense again. Were healed. You were healed. You were healed. Say, I were healed. Say, I was healed. Say, I was healed. Amen. You were healed. Amen. And if you were healed, that means you are healed. So, if sickness and disease is in your body, you need to speak to your body until your body lines up with the word of God. You are healed. Amen. You need to speak to the body. You are healed. You are healed because Jesus paid the price for your healing. You are healed. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you how the, the word of God works. Remember I said to you on Wednesday, the word has to be mixed with the spirit. Amen. Now, what I'm giving you is the word of God that God has spoken over your life. That God, before 2,000 years ago, amen, before you even came about, before you even got saved, Jesus proclaimed over you that because I'm paying this price,
price for your sins. Because I'm paying this price for your sickness and disease. Because I'm going through this beating. Because I'm going through this humiliation. Because I'm going through this pain. This grief. Because I'm all of these things I'm going for. You will not in health. That's why he said. Now because he said that. You and I need to appropriate it. How do you appropriate it? You need to bring it from the heavenly realm. You need to bring it into your now. When you are sick in your body, you don't need to know that you were healed. You need to know that you are healed. Hello? You need to experience the healing in your body right now. Hello? Amen? And to experience it in your body, you need to appropriate the word. And the way you appropriate the word is by saying the word to God and letting God know this is what you said. Lord, this is your word. This is what you declared. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus paid the price. Jesus was beaten for my sickness and my disease. And because he was beaten for my sickness and disease, I do not have to have it. Amen? You know, I've been in this country before I learned that people can have flu. Some people every season, the flu season is coming, I will get flu. I am not catching it. It's not mine. Hello? Now, I'm not saying that the devil will not attack you. He will. But it has to go. Because I was healed. And because I was healed, I am healed. Hello? Spirit workers will share a story. They share a story of a man who was a pastor, but he was working in the minefield. His name was Lazarus. He was working in the minefield, so he would go to work. He would work all night in the minefield, I mean, uh, all day in the minefield, and then he would come in the night, he would minister. And, he, and so he was doing it for over and over, years after years. And then after a while, he con- contracted tuberculosis. Okay? During those days, it was a killer disease because there was no cure. Amen. And so when he contacted tobacco license, he began to call people. You know, the Bible says, call the elders and they will pray for you. And he will be healed. He began to call people. And as he called people, people came and prayed for him in good faith, with good uh, um, stuff. And, but he did not re- uh, get up from his affliction. And so he began to blame God. Now picture this. There was a man who served God. Right? He was working full time, ministering full time. Amen. And he was doing it tirelessly. And he got struck with tuberculosis. It was not God giving him tuberculosis. It was the attack of the devil. Hello? But he used that. After he could not experience his healing for a while, he began to blame God and he became bitter. He became bitter. He became, so as a result, he was bed stricken. And for years, he just lied in his bed. The people in the church gave up on him. And so Smith Workers World was ministering one time, and he met a young man who came to his house. And his young man said, oh, if you would just see our Lazarus, I know he would be here. So the, this young man gave Smith Workers World the card. And, uh, and, and, and so Smith Workers World contacted the, the person who was on this card, and the person invited him. But he did not go because God was not leading him. And so one year, he heard about a guy who went up the mountain and spent time with God 
for 40 days. And when this guy came out, the anointing of God was over his life. And this guy, the, 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 the power of God was so uh, strong over him and was using him. So he decided that he was going to spend the time with God. So he went on the mountain and he spent all day in God's presence. While on the mountain, before the presence of God, he said, the Spirit of God spoke to him, go and raise Lazarus up. He heard it. So he came down from the mountain. He wrote the man and told the man, I'm coming and raise Lazarus up. Send a postcard. He said, when he went there, the man that he wrote to did not even believe. The man looked at him and said, what are you, you wrote this? He said, yes. He said, yeah, take your postcard. Are you think we're crazy in this, in this place? What do you mean by you are coming to raise Lazarus up? He said, when you see him, you will be on your way to go. So he said, what, what do you mean? He told his, the, the man told another person, carry him to see Lazarus. When he went and saw this man, all natural inclinations or all natural things suggest that this man was hopeless and there was no way for God to touch him. As Smith Wigglesworth said, I know better. When God speaks, I know God is not a liar. And I'm not moved by what I see. But I move by what I believe. And everyone who's walking in faith, do not look at the circumstances, but look to God. Amen. And so he went back to this man and he said, I saw Lazarus. The man said, are you ready to go? He said, no. He said, I'm not looking by what I see. I am looking at what I, I mean, I'm believing that what God said. And he will, God said, I will raise Lazarus and he will be risen. And we go and go and raise him up. And so he said to them, he started to ask people, how many of you can pray? He said, when he asked that question, he couldn't get any volunteers. No, it was a critical situation. Hello? So he couldn't get any volunteers, but he was stopping with a couple. So he said to the couple, the both of you are two. Me and the person, the person that you went with, he said, we are two. We need four other persons. If I can find eight persons, I mean seven persons, three other persons. If I can find seven persons to pray with me, tonight we will raise Lazarus up. He said, nobody volunteer. He said, well, you go and pray. Let God lead you. But tomorrow morning we go into Lazarus and raise him up. He said, when he went to bed that night, it was like the devil put every sickness and every disease that was upon that man on his body. He said he was screaming and rolling and moaning all night. And after a while, he, he was facing so much severe pain. He screamed to God. He said, Lord, deliver me. And all of a sudden, there was a calm in the presence of God. And he, he broke forth. He said, when he got up, he realized victory is sure. He got up in the morning. They asked him to eat. He said, no, I will not break bread until I break it around the table where Lazarus is. Amen? So he got up in the morning. He and the two persons, he and his friend and the two other. But when he got up in the morning, there were four other persons who were there who went there to pray. So there were eight. He said, God is able to do abundantly. Amen? 
they went to Lazarus to pray. He said, when they went to Lazarus to pray, when they prayed, they prayed, they began to call the name of Jesus. When he, said the, he said literally it was that the bed was shaking and shaking. And then he said, the presence of God will fall. And he will say to, to, to him, get up! And nothing will happen. Then the presence will just lift. He said it happened three times. The presence of God fell. Amen? And for the man to get up, he will just lay. So he turned to Lazarus. He said, what's going on with you? The man broke up and started to cry. He said, I have, I have failed my Lord. I'm blaming for all the different things that have happened. I just think that I'm useless. I cannot be forgiven. He said, repent. And God will forgive you. He repented. The presence of God came. He said, when the presence of God came, it was like the bed, everything, the man was shaking all over. He told the rest of the people, he said, you go upstairs. I'm not going to do anything wrong. We're just going to watch and see God. He said, the power of God flooded through that man. He got up, that was strong, was healthy. There was a man who was bedridden for years. Went downstairs to him. You have to believe the book. God says, you were healed. He paid the price. Amen? He paid the price. Now, last but not the least, Paul said this. He said, um, so we know that we were healed. Jesus paid the price. So you and I need to appropriate our healing. Now look at what Paul said. Look at verse 26. He said, for as often, say for as often, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he come. I'll skip one. Amen. He said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he's come. Okay, i skip one. One of them is, the Bible says, he, uh, he took the bread, he gave thanks, right? He broke it, and then he gave it to them. I need to put that in before we, pro- we proclaim. Amen. He gave it to them. Amen. Say gave. Okay, Jesus gave the bread, gave his body, his broken body to you and to me. Amen. You remember the story of uh, um, the, the, the Syrophoenician woman? You remember the story of the Syrophoenician woman where the woman went to Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus did not even pay her of any mind. And after a while, the disciples began to say, Lord, send her away. <coughs> Excuse me. Lord, send her away. And because she's making noise. Amen. And the Bible says that the Jesus... Uh, when the woman finally came to Jesus, the Bible says she fell down and worshipped, and he said, Lord, help me. And Jesus said, it is not good to take the what? Children's blood and cast it to the what? Dogs, right? What, what, what did he say, the children's what? What was he talking about? What was the children's blood? What was the woman asking for? So what is the children's blood? Healing, right? So what Jesus is saying, your bread, now what is bread? Bread is something that nourishes, satisfies, strengthens. It's a, it's, a, it's a type of food, it's carbohydrate. And carbohydrate is one of those foods that, um, group that gave you what? Energy, right? And so what Jesus is saying, you, your bread, as a child of God, your bread, you, the thing that sustains you, the thing that nourishes you and strengthens you and encourages you is healing. 
Amen. That's your bread. It's your bread. He says the children's bread. You know, that's what he said. It is not good to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. That's what he was saying to the woman. And what the woman said, no, Lord, no problem. I don't want the bread. I want the crumbs. Because the same ingredient in the bread is in the crumbs. You know? And what Jesus said is, oh, woman, great is your faith. This woman understood the principle. You see, I, I think I shared with you here one time that the woman was saying, Lord, son of David, right? She was coming to Jesus, Lord, son of David. And the only person who are entitled to call Jesus, Lord, son of David, are the Jews. Because the, Jew, the Messiah was sent to the Jews. And if you are not a child, a, a, a partaker, or a, a, a person, a, 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 you are not a Jew, you can't claim the son of David. Hello? And so she was saying, Lord, the son of David, she wanted to come through the back way. But I was like, Jesus didn't pay her any mind. Amen. And then the disciples said, send a woman away. She's troubling us. Church folks, this woman is a headache. Amen. That's what they were saying. Send her away. Amen. Now, it might have been that they were interceding. Lord, help this woman because I just gave the woman the stuff so she can leave us. It, it might have been that they were helping her to pray. Amen. But it, it might have been the other way. The woman is bothering us. Send her away. She's not a part of this thing. Amen. Then Jesus met the woman. She came right in front of Jesus. And then Jesus called the woman a dog. Now, if there was some of you, you would say, I won't go back there. I won't even call that person name. But this woman knew. You see, if the problem is the woman wanted something. She wanted a deliverance. And the only person that could give her a deliverance was Jesus. Now, feelings. You get your feelings, you, you won't eat the feelings. You won't get healed with the feelings. Amen. She, if she had gotten vexed and leave, she, her daughter would still be sick. So she realized, I don't mind. Call me wherever you call me, but give me the healing. Hello? You see, some of us need to get that attitude. Some of us need to come to the place and say, no matter what you say, I will get what God wants for me to get. Hello? Amen? And so the Bible says, when a woman said, let me eat the crumbs, the bread, Jesus was saying, the real bread is for you. It's for me. It's, that's the children's bread. So he gave us the bread. He gave us the healing. So who has the healing right now? Hello? If you have it, you should be living in divine health. Hello? You have it. He gave it to them, right? He gave them the bread. He said, take, eat. Right? So he gave them the And then the Bible says, children's bread are for you and for me. We are child, children of God. Amen? And so the Bible tells us we need to experience and enjoy the children's bread. Hello? Now, the last point that I, I, I went on first. It says, whenever you do it, as often as you do it, you proclaim. Say proclaim. Say proclaim. Now, this word proclaim is a very, very interesting one. Okay? It is the same word that we get our testimony from. Hello? It's the same word that we get our um, presentation from or representation from. So, the, the whole idea of proclaiming or shouting out loud or letting people know 
in essence, what the Bible is saying, as often as you partake of the bread and the wine, you let people know that Jesus died and Jesus is coming back. Hello? Hello? As often as you partake of the bread and the wine, as often as you take communion, you proclaim, you testify that Jesus died for your sickness and your disease. Hello? Now, let me ask you a question. What is a good way to remind yourself that you are healed? So partake of the communion. Hello? The, the, Jesus said, as often as you can. Say as often. Say as often means that you can do everything. He didn't say just do it once a month. He said as often as you can. Amen. Now the reason why some some I don't I don't know the details with some other churches, but the reason why some of us do it once a month is that so that you don't lose the significance of what it means. Amen. I know there, there's a thing with, with Christians, and we do things over and over, and become so familiar, and we begin to treat it with contempt. Amen. But you can treat it with respect if you understand the, what, it come, what, what it is, if you understand the value of it, if you understand why you are partaking of it. Hello? Amen? It doesn't mean that if you, if you understand the value, you cannot treat it better. Not because some people treat it with contempt means that you will. Right? But the Bible says, as often as you do, you don't show faith. Who wants that? Till it comes. Amen? So as often. As often. Amen? And the, the whole idea of doing it as often as you can is to remind yourself. Because every time you are partaking of the wine and the, and, the, and the bread and the wine, you have to do what Jesus did. You have to present it to God. So thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for causing him to die on the cross for me. By his stripes, I am healed. As I partake of this bread, signifying the broken body, I appropriate healing into my body. So you're reminding yourself that you are healed. And you, and you tell you, you do the same with the cup. When I'll share with you more about it, you do the same with the cup as I appropriate the wine and signifying the shed blood. I appropriate those things that come with the forgiveness of sin, cleansing, redemption, amen, uh, um, deliverance. I appropriate it in my body. You do it as often as you pass as as you can in remembrance, in observance, in anticipation, proclaiming, testifying that Jesus did that for you and for me. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Please, I want you to come. Let's prepare to receive communion. But I want us to, 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 to focus on knowing for many on Jesus. Amen. Remember what Jesus did. His body was broken for you and for me. Amen. I want us to focus on if you are sick in your body, I want to let you know that healing is yours.